there, I'm Dana, your Canadian English teacher, with another English lesson so you can speak and understand the English spoken in Canada. If you're learning English for the Great White North, then you've come to the right place. You'll learn phrasal verbs, common expressions, conversation tips, and of course, some typical Canadianisms. In today's lesson, you're going to learn the expression to get on like a house on fire. And for our Canadian fact, you're getting a special treat. I'm chatting with Sarah from Hope Languages. If you guys don't know Sarah, she's awesome. She's another Canadian English teacher. And you guys, Sarah and I have so much in common. Not only are we both teachers, we both lived in Brazil, have learned Portuguese, and our husbands are both Brazilian. Now, Sarah and I got on like a house on fire. You'll hear from Sarah a little later in the episode. But let's get on to our expression, to get on like a house on fire. So let's take a look at the words in our expression, to get on like a house on fire. To get is a verb, but when we add to get on, we may phrasal verb, and this means to have a harmonious or friendly relationship. You can say, my new coworker, Ben and I, really get on. This means that you have a nice and friendly relationship. When we say in our expression, like a house, we're saying that it's being similar to a house on fire, so something that is burning. So when we put this together, it's still pretty confusing. So if to get on means to have a harmonious or friendly relationship, does that mean you have a relationship like a house that's on fire? That doesn't make any sense. Well, the whole expression actually means that you form a friendship very quickly. I guess it probably comes from the idea that if a house is burning, it usually burns very fast. So to get on like a house on fire, to get on, to form a relationship, friendly relationship very quickly. Now I chose this expression because Sarah and I got on like a house on fire. We formed a very quick friendship. She's a really great person and we had so much in common. But let's think of some other ways that we can use this expression. Say you have a new girlfriend or boyfriend or partner that you are taking home to introduce to your parents. Of course, this is a stressful time and you might be worried. You might be worried that they won't like each other. So if it goes well, you could say, I was so worried about bringing John home to meet my parents, but they got on like a house on fire. You could also use this expression to assure someone that you have a great relationship with someone. Maybe you are in a situation where you have to travel with a coworker and maybe someone else in the office is saying, oh, will that be awkward? You don't really know the person that well. And you can say, no, don't worry about it. We get on like a house on fire. We have a great relationship and it formed very quickly. So let's move on to our pronunciation section. We're going to use the sentence, they got on like a house on fire. 
So in this section, I would like you to repeat after me to improve your pronunciation. They, they get, they get on, they get on like, they get on like a house, they get on like a house on fire. They get on like a house on fire. Now, I want you to pay close attention to my connected speech with get and on. I don't say they get on. Here, I'm going to swap the t in get with a d sound. They get on. They get on like a house on fire. Get on. Now on to the second part of the podcast. As I mentioned in the beginning, I'm interviewing Sarah from Hope Languages. Now, Sarah and I chatted for over an hour, and we actually really didn't get to any interview questions. We were just chatting away. So what I did was I picked a few bits from our conversation so you can practice your listening with a very natural dialogue. Now, Sarah and I were talking about teaching methods because we are both teachers, and I was explaining to her about how the Can Learn English podcast is for intermediate students who are really trying to take their English to the next level. And she had a great question for me, so I thought we would start with that. So what do you offer? Uh, what would you say to someone who is at a seven and can't get over that hump? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough. It takes a lot of work because it's the intermediate plateau, right? Because the you make progress faster. And then as you reach the seven, it's going to take you twice as long to see the same amount of gains that you used to see before. So it's... I like to say that English and losing weight are the same thing. So you yeah, get same, to yeah. that point, right? You lose a lot of weight really quickly. Like let's say if you are carrying a lot of weight, you lose a lot of weight really quickly and then you kind of hit that plateau. And now that at that point, you got to make some, some decisions, right? So you've got to analyze what you're eating during the day and say, hey, look, th this is extra calories, right? These are the extra calories that I'm eating that I could perhaps remove. Or could I go an extra 30 minutes in the gym? Like, can I do that? So there, those are, is that what you were trying to say? You yeah, where they, that's, but that's like, they've proven that with languages and with learning that as you get better and more advanced, your the amount of gain that you make in terms of like the knowledge or the progress that you see that you would like to see slows down. So the amount of effort has to increase and the amount of results decrease, which sucks. And people get very discouraged because they're like, before it was so easy. I could, all of a sudden it would click and then I would get more vocabulary. Things would make sense. The puzzle would come together. And then it's like looking for those last few pieces kind of in a haystack and you have to really up like your game. Right now. I'm at that plateau. I really am. And you know, it's funny as in, as we are talking as English teachers and this is the, the, these are the tips that we give our students, the ones who are sitting there trying to get over that hump. And I'm in my, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking I'm at that same level with 
in Portuguese. I need to get over that hump. I'm, I don't know if I'm sitting at a seven. I have no idea. Maybe a lot of my students would tell me, no, Sarah, you're sitting at this and sitting at that, but I need to, to up it. And I've tried everything and it's really quite difficult. So what I need to do is I need to take a step back. I need to analyze where I'm at and what I can do to get myself over. Of course. That's, right. And language regression is real. Like language regression happens. So you could say when you come back from your trip from Brazil, you know, and you've had lots of immersion, you're completely, you know, going, you're, this is great. Like I found I'm out. All the words come to me. My vocabulary is, yes. is um, quite extensive. And then like, I looked at those videos that I did when I was in Brazil and I said, holy, I can't believe I said that. That's amazing. Cause right now I probably that expression probably wouldn't have come to mind. The way that I phrase that sentence probably wouldn't have hap wouldn't happen now in an interview. So you're totally right, Dan. Yeah, like I, I look at the videos. I think, yeah, language regression totally. Yeah, and it's that's hard. Part of the learning is you always have to. You always have to. What what do we say in English? Something about the game. You always have to up your game. Yeah. Yeah, you, you have to because if you, you, you'll lose it if you don't use it. You literally do. I, we were watching The Mechanism. We picked that back up again, which is a show in Portuguese. And when we got back from Brazil, I was watching that with Portuguese subtitles for parts of it, not all of it because I get exhausted. Now I'm sitting there being like, I can't, I'm not even hearing words now, which is so frustrating. I'm like, and I think we've watched maybe four episodes in the second season and I'm starting to hear words again. I'm starting to be like, Oh, I've got it there. But watching a television series is completely different than when my family, when my in-laws come over and everybody's speaking Portuguese in a way it's easier. Like I'm there faster with everybody. Yeah. But in a television show, sometimes you're like, Whoa, (laughs) this is because they're also, it's, it's, there's the context too. Maybe you're not even familiar with the context. Maybe you've just been thrown into uh, the situ, like the, the series, right? Maybe had you started the series from the beginning or like the novela. And that's why I, I attribute a lot of my Portuguese, what I've learned from the novelas at the time that I, I was learning Portuguese. It was um, chocolate con pimienta. And that was something that I woke up every day and I watched from day one, I watched the, the start of that. But I think now if you just threw me into a novella, I probably would be a little bit lost because I don't understand the context. I don't understand the, the relationships between the actors and what's happening. So there's a lot that goes into understanding, right? That's like music. Could you tell me right now if, I don't know, let's say we'll give a, raptor, uh, a rapper, Cardi B. If Cardi B goes off in a song, and I don't know the context of the song and I don't know, I'm lost. Yeah, that doesn't absolutely. mean, right? And so my students are like, oh, Sarah, I don't understand. Oh, my English is so bad. And, da, 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 da. and I said, okay, let's, let's take the context, right? Somebody asked me, um, somebody messaged me and said, teacher, if I, can you listen to this? And I said to myself that I will, I will know that I speak English very well when I understand this and he gave me the audio it was from the south 
of the United States. Yeah. It was a preacher, a preacher from the South. And you know the preachers in the South and they speak really fast to get the, the yeah, crowd going. And I really did. I had to like listen to it a couple of times and I sat there and I batted out the, the, the things for him, right? The, what he was saying, but I couldn't understand the pastor. And I said, I said, you have to take this as a, as a one, not a one off, but like, I want to say like, you can't, you can't judge your English based on this pastor South with a heavy accent. (laughs) Of course. I'm, I lived in Ireland for three and a half years and after even, so the first I don't know, a few weeks I was there, I started working and I had to do telephone interviews with candidates that we were going to hire. And I remember just like, oh, I couldn't understand a single word. I couldn't understand a single word. And then even after three years, I would be in really embarrassing situations at work where I couldn't understand my coworkers. And then it's kind of awkward because I didn't want to embarrass them by being like, your accent's so weird, I can't understand you. Because everyone can understand not everyone, but I would say generally the North American accent because of Hollywood, this yeah. standard accent that we have is quite understandable by most people. In common. It's common. Yeah. Is you yeah. hear it more often, whereas an Irish accent and they have accents from every single county in Ireland. So it's crazy. And just, I would sit there and be like, I have no idea what this person said. And so you just smile and like, look for help. Like, yeah. <laughs> and, and I can imagine I was teaching in Brazil, I was teaching some students that were planning to go to Ireland. And I was just thinking, oh my goodness, how we need to get them an Irish teacher before they go, because you, you have to study English for kind of what your goal is. Yeah, that's right. And you have to get their ears attuned to the Irish accent, right? They really need to hear. So Sarah, tell us about Hope Languages. Where can my students find you and all of your English lessons? Great question. So I do a lot on Instagram. I try to teach a lot through my stories. So um, English Jetta Mainshi, right? So I do daily English tips, little classes. I have a YouTube uh, channel where I do um, videos about being Canadian, Canadian tips, English tips. I kind of do a little bit of everything um, on my YouTube. Um, what else do I have? I have Facebook as well, Hope Languages, but a lot of times you can find me on Instagram and, uh, the funny things I do, the funny, I'm learning Portuguese too, Dana, right? Right. So a lot of it is about my journey as someone who teaches English, but at the same time as someone who's the teacher learning another language. So I think that that's really important. The struggles that I go through are the same struggles my students go through. And I think that's very important to, to say to everyone is that um, learning a language is difficult. And um, that's what I want to show everybody is that I've never given up and I don't want them to give up. And the, the struggles, I have no problems showing the struggles I go through, making a fool of myself and posting it because I think that's a great way. I mean, if you make a fool of yourself and you can laugh at yourself, then also that's a great, <laughs> a yeah. great tool to have. And um, so I, I don't have a problem showing that side of me and showing that part of learning a language because it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's okay. hard work. It is. It is. And your Instagram is great. So it's at Hope Languages so that I can find you on Instagram. And then I'm sure from there you have spots where you're showing your 
Yeah, YouTube Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. As the Brazilians say, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. <laughs> oh, fun. Well, thank you so much for coming to chat with us today. It was great. So I think the students are going to get a lot out of our natural English conversation. Right? Two Canadian gals. Just having a chat on quarantine or lockdown or whatever you call yeah, it. A, a. A, yeah, A. <laughs> I think, you know, with the next one we can uh, talk about, this would be, I don't know if you would invite me back. I'm inviting You're myself welcome back. to come back. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? Like, we have a lot of Canadian terms that the Americans don't have. Or a lot of people don't realize that Canadians do have a couple of things. I have to tell you a funny story about this. So... I made a YouTube video where I did like um, Canadianisms A to Z and I literally went through the alphabet. So like, I forget what A was, but like B was beaver tails, C, I forget again, D, Canuck. double, double, all these things, right? Yeah, Canuck it was. And, oh, <laughs> yeah. and so um, I went through the whole list, like A to Z. And I was laying in bed one night and I used this app called Flipboard to read the news. And you, it's, it, the concept is, is you flip through articles, they're curated for you. And there was one and it was like, um, words Americans don't know. And I was like, oh, right up my alley, maybe some, you know, some inspiration for a video. And I click on it and it's going through all the words and scrolling through. And then I get to the letter Z and the term Z. And Sarah, there's a screenshot from my YouTube channel in the Business Insider with the letter is, I'll show you the photo with the letter Z beside it. And it's like, can learn English. And it's like me. So like, I was joking. I was like, I'm literally like the spokeswoman for the letter Z yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. But that happened. My coffee maker broke down. It was at the time I had a Keurig and I called and the girl said, um, uh, something, Oh, can you give me the barcode on the back? And I said, one, two, three, Z, blah, blah, blah. She said, Z. And I said, yeah, Z. And I was waiting, like, and I was waiting and I was waiting. I said, yeah, Zed, because if I have to know that there are two ways of saying, mm. you guys should know that there are two ways of saying, kind of like that, yeah. you know, I was kind of being stubborn a little bit. And I said, yeah, uh, so in Canada, we say Zed and you guys say Z, but it's the same letter. And she said, oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Okay, guys, I decided to finally end it there. I really liked having Sarah on the podcast. She has such amazing energy. Make sure that you go check out her page, which is at Hope Languages on Instagram. And if you would like to get the transcripts for this episode, then you can join the podcast student account on Can Learn English by going to canlearnenglish.com. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye.